0: What up, Whisper Nation? Big Travy here with a very special guest, writer for the Fantasy Whispers, Matt Popvin, and obviously Johnny Game Time Hicks on the other side. And we're talking news and notes, player news and notes around the NFL right here on the Fantasy Whispers.
1: Yes, we're back again. We're back again. We're hey, back. Let's pump up the volume. Right here. Oh. Baby, baby.
0: that's right whisper nation we are here excited to bring matt on with us here uh you may recognize matt potvin as a writer for the fantasy whispers he just came out with his 2019 top fantasy rookies matt how you doing brother
1: i'm doing well Well, right on having
0: me. yeah no worries we're having a couple beers here uh getting our drink on and discussing the news it's always fun to get with the buddies crack a couple brews and talk some fantasy football johnny how you doing over there in phoenix today
2: Oh, it's a little bit hot outside. Uh, but, Shocker. Uh, yeah, right. Um, but it, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. It's my Friday, so I don't yet have a beer. But uh, I do have my, you know you know me, I have my NOS Energy drink. And I'm ready to go, dude. I'm excited. There's a lot of news that came out this week. Uh, so I'm excited to talk to Matt about it. When us three get together, uh, we are also in our League of Record together. So it's always really fun banter. Uh, between all three of us. So uh, I'm excited to have Matt on the show. Matt, uh, you want to let Whisper Nation know where they can find you on Twitter?
1: Um, I have a stagnant <laughs> Twitter profile <It> as <laughs> MP Fantasy Sports. Um, if you're going to find me, you can find me on Instagram mostly at Mateo Rex, Mateo underscore Rex.
0: He's a great follow there. T- terrible
1: yeah. name, but
0: terrible name, but name. great follow.
1: Handle. Great uh, follow.
0: I think it
2: was we got to we got to note that Matt he he was a little bit reluctant to take on the fantasy whisper name, uh, so he went at the the fantasy sports uh, little tagline there on his on his Twitter account.
0: But that's okay. He's reluctant to take on the name. He was reluctant to even post on Twitter.
1: So we we oui, oui. that's French <laughs> for yes.
0: Um, um, all right, well, let's hop into this, guys. Obviously, really. Fr- flowing we're just going to kind of go through some of the news and notes, talk a little bit of fantasy, talk a little bit of strategy for this year, maybe jump into Matt's article a little bit. Uh, but I'm going to start us off here uh, reading John Ross. Obviously, we'll be reading a lot of this from Roto World and Sleeper Bot, so please uh, check those out for your news sources. They're great. Uh, we love following them. <clears throat> but uh, John Ross of the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, the Athletics' Jay Morrison reports that John Ross has struggled with consistency during spring practices. Guys, I want to open this up by starting to say, um, John Ross. You know, with this Zach Taylor offense that's coming in, they want to mimic the Rams. They want to try and have these wide receiver sets where they can have multiple wide receivers. John Ross is a guy that people have been screaming out to break out out here, and now we're seeing more signs that he's been inconsistent. People wanted him to kind of fill that Brandon Cooks role for this offense. Are you seeing this as just a little bit of noise, or is this more par for the course for John Ross? Matt, you want to
1: you know, full disclosure. I don't think John Ross is a good fit for the Bengals' offense. Um, I don't feel that uh, he fits the skill set of Andy Dalton. Uh, I feel that, uh, you know, obviously he's more of a vertical threat burner. He's not one of those guys that you really uh, are are trying to, you know, give a 5, 10-yard pass to and make guys miss. Yeah. He's got like the one thing. Right. I mean, like, yeah, if you, yeah, if if you can obviously get him the ball in space, he can make things happen. But uh, I just don't think he's like a good fit for the offense. And, you know, this, this article saying that he has struggled with consistency and still having trouble picking up the offense, I think is just a reflection of that. Yeah. Um, Obviously.
2: I think think they also have, they already they have Tyler Boyd who kind of emerged as that wide receiver too Mm -hmm. last year and I, I I don't think they expected that. So I think they drafted John Ross, expecting him to be that number two. And when Tyler Boyd kind of took over and, and he's showing that he could be a very, very solid wide receiver for them, it kind of yeah. put uh, Ross behind the eight ball here. And he's trying to play catch up. And he clearly is not that type of receiver to be able to say, you know, I have what it takes to be the number one or or the solid number two, like Tyler Wright has.
1: Right. I, I mean, I think reflective I, if you think of like Kenny stills going, um, you know, the saints to Miami and actually having an opportunity to be a contributor. Uh, I see Ross in a similar situation where mm-hmm. obviously, you know, Kenny stills is not really having an impact on the saints with so many other surrounding, you know, cast so much, you know, around him um, that he has a better opportunity to be a role player for the Dolphins, I mean, John Ross may be going somewhere uh, where he can be better involved, somewhere that there's probably a little bit thinner depth at the position, uh, I think we'd be more. And
0: involved. then maybe even a, a more skilled, like I like what you said earlier about any game. Yeah. Maybe you've got a more skilled quarterback who could spread yeah. the ball around more. Uh, you may see John Ross get into a system where yeah. he could be used uh, a little bit better. Right. Are you saying um, the red, the red <clears throat> rocket doesn't do anything for you?
1: <laughs> red, red, ri- red rifle. Yeah. Oh. Johnny's
0: trying. He's got a couple
1: red, red yeah. red, yeah. Red rocket. Uh, yeah.
0: that's, that's for a different show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of red, um, <laughs> uh, the red sea out there in your, your guys fan of Phoenix, Christian Kirk of the wide, the wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals. So Cliff Kingsbury was talking about Kirk the other day, says mm-hmm. he has a good feel for the offense. Um, there's no, shortage of hype building around kirk right now especially this offense we'll just start there the arizona offense yeah. is is being hyped up really well right now and why not right you have a very offensive mind guy minded guy coming in um you have a great running back in dj you have a very electric quarterback in kyler murray um we're, we've got to see what he could do in the nfl but i want to i want to hear what your guys' take as cardinal fans on christian kirk and this wide receiving
1: I mean I, I, I like the talent that was drafted. Obviously, you know my feelings about um you know Well,
0: yeah, we know your feelings about Kyler Murray, but yeah, maybe share with the but, Whisper yeah. Nation. I'll about, share
1: Christian Kirk here. I think <laughs> Christian Kirkier is a um you know, it was a solid pick. Uh, I love people coming from hometowns and, and fulfilling that role for their hometown team. I mean, you look at like Philip Lindsay being a Denver kid. And how prized uh, he is on that team and how proud he is to be a part of that team. And I feel Christian Kirk is the same, you know, feeling uh, some sort of sense of belonging for, you know, his hometown team. And I don't see any um, any reason why he wouldn't be able to improve upon last year and boost those numbers. You know, if you look at the overall draft strategy of the Cardinals this past season or this past draft, they took quite a few offensive players you know you have Keyshawn Johnson you have Isabella you, now now we have Christian Kirk coming into his second year sophomore year at the Cardinals and obviously Hakeem Butler, Hakeem Butler but I mean that's that's you know it's not a wide receiver um what, yeah. Hakeem yeah, Butler's what? Oh, for the Cardinals is? yeah okay they, yeah, they drafted him as well yeah big big a, tall guy same size as Nikhil oh, okay, Harry I'm thinking- uh, so I mean they have um they have plenty of guys I mean some of these guys are probably not going to even be able to make the starting you know the starting lineup but um I really like Isabella I like Christian Kerr. uh I, I like I like them all to start building chemistry with the young quarterback I don't feel very strongly about Kyler Murray um I don't in mainly for the reason that it's not that it's necessarily he lacks the talent um a lot of the hype that right now that is you know being shown or being um displayed is mainly be just that you know we've seen what he does and like the pedigree came from uh you know a very uh prestigious school and um you know he had he had a lot of big games produced in a lot of big games but sometimes that doesn't necessarily translate at the NFL level um also like no quarterback in the Super Bowl era with his specific type of skill set has won the Super Bowl, outlier being Russell Wilson. And the reason why Russell Wilson, I believe, won that Super Bowl wasn't because of his offensive ability, but but definitely because of the defense. Um, so, I mean... Yeah, and just
0: perspective on Matt's point there, Seattle's defense was being compared to that of the 85 Bears right, in a lot of instances right. because of how good they were. So right. it's not a knock on Russell it's definitely. Great offensive threat right but at the same time that he's flowered and that defense has gone down seattle hasn't made any more deep right right
1: right at the end of the day like i'm not going to necessarily not i have joked about his height who hasn't joked about it right at the end of the day like what's going to really be the the defining moment kyler murray as far as whether he does actually succeed on that team is his decision making Mm -hmm. um but that's I what's great feel... about
2: the air raid, right? Because air raid essentially <laughs> takes the decision-making out of the play because you look at the defense and you know, based on what the defense is giving you, uh, which guy to go to. And it's not that you have to wait necessarily for this guy to get open. It's like he will get open based on the formations. So
1: I don't necessarily it, like that comparison because like, I, you know, you don't want to wait until the some guy gets open. That's going to end up leading to turnovers. Well, um, I mean, to, but I, mean, I, I, I to, understand where you're coming from. I just think that um, I don't know. I just think that this is this first year is going to be very telling of what we're going to be able to see from him, and um, if obviously Arizona has high expectations The fans in Arizona, you know, they have high expectations. Super Bowl of, or bust, baby. Ex- exactly. I'm, I'm not saying super important. <laughs> I mean, if, if if they go 500, or well, above, let me ask I'll be you like, this: I'll be...
0: you're alluding to the high expectations, mm. and on the flip side of that coin, as a fan, and we we should talk about this as a, in respect to fantasy a little bit too. But as a fan, do you feel like you are just looking at it through negative goggles, Kyler Murray, just maybe trying maybe like to, protect, lens? to protect to like, protect yeah, yourself?
1: I a mean, yeah. uh, uh, sense of bias, but that's really I'm um, not outside of any other fantasy player or right. um, any other fan. Yeah. And one of the things that like I'm sure you've stressed before and multiple other people stress as well is um you don't draft your team based upon who you actually like right. or right. who you're actually a, like who you're actually a, a fan of the team because you know that never works out.
0: Yeah, I feel like when we first started playing fantasy, you see a lot of that, right? You're like, oh, I love the
1: Packers. Yeah. They draft yeah. a
0: ton I mean, of them. And, and then you realize, it yeah, it can. Out. If the offense is clicking like a right. uh, like a Saints or a, or a Chiefs yeah. or a Rams, yeah, that, that you can get multiple pieces of that. It's an interesting point, though, we like to talk about is getting pieces of those elite offenses. And Arizona, as exciting as it is and enticing as these players are, David Johnson is the guy for me, and then past that, you've got to be careful about where you're taking these guys because it is Mm -hmm. a brand-new offense. It is a rookie head coach. Mm -hmm. It's a rookie quarterback. And so for me, outside of David Johnson, yeah, there's a lot of built-in risk with those guys. Luckily for everyone, Kyler Murray is going late. Mm -hmm. He's not going as late as Pat Mahomes last year, but he is going late in drafts. I do see him creeping up in drafts, and that could be a dangerous thing to watch because if you're taking him You know,
1: I mean, people are pretty much going to be taking him based upon the upside, right? I mean, personally, I wouldn't be taking him as your starting quarterback. I would take him, you know, kind of as a like a lottery ticket if you're that interested.
0: Yeah, if you're going to take him as your quarterback, maybe you need to hedge that bet with somebody you know is going to give you points. I mean,
1: But, but do you really?
2: Because that's the thing about. The draft that we live in today is that there are so many guys on. I mean, Mitch Trubisky is going undrafted, and he had several 50-point games last year. He wasn't drafted last year, and yet people are just leaving him to die like, oh, like last year was a fluke or something. So it's like I don't necessarily think you have to hedge your bet because – if he fails if he's not I mean you
0: definitely don't have to roster two quarterbacks but if you're going to if you're going to be taking uh, Kyler Murray, Murray you better be taking him super late in my sure. opinion. Sure. Um I don't want to take him within probably I don't know 10 rounds uh, uh just because like Matt says like you that he's starting to creep up those boards and his upside is basically you know I, listen I'm the first one to say that I think Kyler Murray could finish number 1 at the position just based on what he can do, like he could, but like the, the risk is, is, is there. Yeah, for sure. Really there. Um, all right. So let's move on here a little <laughs> bit to a backfield. I want to talk about not necessarily for this, uh, player, but we have uh bomb Condotta, Bob Condotta of the Seattle times, listed JD McKissick as one of three candidates competing to this be the Seattle's third down running back. And the only reason I think that this is interesting, Johnny, mm-hmm. is because one of the three running backs he lists is mm-hmm. not Rashad Penny or Chris Carson. Mm-hmm. So it looks like Seattle may be doing something where they want three running backs working this backfield consistently, and they're trying to audition that third round, that third down back roll, Or do we think it's just more Pete Carroll is not showing any kind of hand? And there's we, spot- see,
1: we see this like literally every year. Yeah. Oh yeah. We see this, this is, every yeah. year. This, this and- is not. This is a non-story. Is essentially what it is. I mean, the real story here, uh, for people that are actually interested in Seattle's backfielder is exactly what people have been deciding between and it's Chris, Chris Carson, Carson. And Rashad Benny. Ben. And I think uh JD McKissick will probably most likely take that third down role if that's the way they decide to play it.
0: For week one and then yeah, he'll get hurt. That's the
1: way they obviously, <laughs> yeah, if that's the way they decide to play it. CJ ProSize, that guy is probably injured probably right now. Can, yeah, yeah. he he just
0: heard his name yeah. and to- he,
1: probably, he probably heard himself like you know sitting down on on the toilet or something. Here, um, here's
2: something um, that I, I do want to say because uh, I went on. Uh, well, we had um we had a draft draft room pod and and Sumi on our show just last week, and what I will say is he he did make a very interesting comment, right? And that's that Seattle. Wants to have this saddle back. They've always wanted it. um, But they thought that CJ ProSize could be it. But like we talked about, he's just always injured. Uh, And now they're trying to say it it could be JD McKissick. And it's like, here's the big thing. And I agree with Matt wholeheartedly. You're just deciding between Carson and uh, Chris Carson and Penny. Because yes, every team wants... A certain thing. Every single team wants an elite quarterback. Every single team wants an elite running back. Every, you know, and it's like at some point, yeah. All the all it is is wishes and hopes and dreams. And you have to look what they're putting out on the field. And to me, I think it's it's got it's Carson well, and Penny. Those, yeah. are the, the Well, teams.
1: Let me ask you this: like out of those two, like Carson and Penny, which one would you rather have? Um,
2: I, to be honest with you, I would rather have Chris Carson. Mm-hmm. If I could guarantee that he would be healthy the whole time, but you can't. <laughs> um
1: so and You can't guarantee
2: any player. Well, this
0: is true, but we we
2: do know that So you'd
0: rather have Rashad Penny.
1: Okay, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that's essentially yeah, what that's, you Yeah, that's that's true. True. what you're saying. Yeah. Uh,
2: I mean, but here's the thing, I can't really say that necessarily 100% because people just I mean, I can't say it 100%. Right. I do want Penny over Chris Carson, but I know that everyone, because of what I personally in our uh, league of record, took Penny. And so I get this notion of, of course, Johnny wants Penny. But I think that he is, I know what I saw in college, and he was electrifying in college. And oh, so absolutely. If he absolutely. can I mean, There's a, there
1: a lot of guys that, that, that were electrifying. Yeah, and, then
0: he, came, and then he came in, and he was overweight, and he was trying to do too much on the field. And they basically said, okay, you're not going to run more. Now they got rid of my, or Mike Davis left. He went to Chicago and we talk about the percentage of that breakdown. He got, you know, Mike Davis got 20, 21% of the market share in Seattle that equated to 180 total rushing uh, attempts. And that was close yeah. to Alvin Kamara's rushing attempts. So if you gave that to Rashad Penny, that's pretty good in fantasy. You'd want to see that happen. Right. I think that Penny is the greater value right now. I think it, if Chris Carson continues to run the way he does, he's going to get hurt again. Yeah, but Chris Carson's not a bad bet to start off your fantasy season. Because in that offense, that's which ran the second most in the NFL last year, you're going to want a piece of that.
1: Before we jump into this one. Yeah. Uh, I heard you mention something about uh, James Connor earlier. Yeah. So I was what getting, I was to getting back
0: that. into that one. So. Let me find that note. But basically, there's been a couple reports right, okay. that have come out this year. Let's start from the very right. end of last year. Sure, right? sure. So James Conner goes down with the lower body, uh, the lower leg injury last year. Right. This is three weeks of time. okay. And in that time, Jalen Samuels becomes the guy, a converted tight end um, into running back. Uh, a converted tight end into running back. That kind of takes over for the Steelers, right? Mm. And so the Steelers are then looking Oh, big traffic. Yeah, sorry.
1: He, yeah, he needs to fuel me. Yeah, I gotta get a beer.
0: <laughs> um so, anyways, so then Samuels takes over, right? We know we know this story. And then he takes over, he's very effective. Connor gets back in for week 17, back into his uh lead dog role. Doesn't do a ton, but he gets those carries right. again. And then in the offseason, the Steves go and hire Jalen Samuels, former running backs coach in college, mm. as their running backs coach here. And so What does that say? Well, then in OTAs, they're using multiple back sets. It's not something Tomlin does, okay? But they are trying to adapt and do this more. And then most recently, James Conner comes out and tells the media that the carries are going to be split pretty evenly. Mm. So now I I just have to ask, Are you know, we've seen Conner sit there at the first round now behind Le'Veon Bell and kind of before Joe Mixon. And I have to ask, like, should we be concerned about James Brown? Uh,
1: you know what i i I love all of, them. I love all the 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 news coming out. I love how it played out last year. And the funny thing is, is that the reason why James Connor was so effective, as well as um, focused on, is because it was essentially like spite against Le'Veon bell they're like we're going to show you that you don't necessarily have to be the guy right. that can we could produce. put any running we could back put any in, yeah. exactly we put somebody in the system and somebody's going to produce as long as they're you know um talented enough and i do believe going into this next season that is exactly true that there is going to be a certain timeshare now that the whole Le'Veon bell situation has blown over uh would i draft james connor Absolutely. Would I draft him in the first round? Most likely not. Um, but if, like, coming into training camp, because obviously nobody's going to start drafting that early in the preseason. Right. But coming into the preseason, you start seeing this 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 split where they are uh, splitting carries. And James Connors draft stock, you know, falls back to maybe second, third round. And I, I'd be okay with taking a piece of him around, you know, around there, late second, uh, third round. And then, you know, then the the season comes along and you find out like, well, maybe one guy is the guy. And if you got that guy, then there you go. You got a tremendous value uh, for a guy that potentially could have been a first round pick in the second or third round.
0: Yeah, no, I I love that take there, Matt. Uh, If his draft stock could, could dive a little bit because of this news, you'd love that for me. I just, I'm not seeing a scenario. I mean, I don't think that they're going to bring Samuels in 50, 50 no. or even 60, 40, in my opinion. No. And I think what happens here is Samuels takes up some of the load that's left from the massive late, uh, Antonio Brown hole that's yeah. in this offense. He is a converted tight end. I think they'll use him a lot in space as a, as a satellite back as Johnny was talking about what they wanted to do in, in Seattle. But I think. James Conner in the first round is a little dangerous. It's right. dangerous now as a Le'Veon Bell who's taken time off or a Joe Mixon who's on a Bengals offense. And it doesn't really, right. lo- it doesn't really inspire that, you know, really good feeling that those top five guys give
1: you. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to like agree with your take, especially because I mean, if you look at history, even though they might've hired a running backs coach, that was Samuel's previous coach. um, Ultimately, like it's, tomlin's team right and, and regardless of the
2: plays you know it's he, like, do, he
1: yeah i mean but he does get to decide of where players fill in what role exactly like, yeah. I, I was referring
2: it, to samuel's coach running back coach. Oh, coach yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah he doesn't yeah, he's not calling the play right right and and then what i also want to add is that okay, recent just, history well and and look like everyone wants to point out oh james connor got injured and all well Okay, they were giving him Le'Veon Bell carries. This guy yeah.
1: didn't know. No, yeah, his usage was Le'Veon, Le'Veon. Le'Veon Bell got injured on Le'Veon Bell, right. Exactly.
2: But and it's like it's like this guy essentially was a rookie. He played a few snaps here and there when Le'Veon Bell went out. But I love what. Re- well, let's re- let's remember that they the even Le'Veon Bell said that James Conner reminds him of himself.
1: Stupid. And that's a, like that's such a that's just like that's like that's such a big headed comment. It is, but that, you know <laughs> what I mean. So big headed. But, but uh, I mean, I, what I yeah, want. it's, it's point, such a big head comment. I don't like that.
2: The point that I want to make is that nobody, no, I don't care what kind of shape you're in. Nobody right. can. Be you know go from okay I'm the backup running back to all of a sudden you're going to be giving me thirty to I mean what did didn't he have like forty something touches in one of the first few weeks? It's like you can not uh, go from from thinking you're going to yeah. be a backup to getting the ball you know over two hundred and fifty times and not break down like you weren't you were not expecting that you didn't train your well body. that's You've that's little, I that.
0: want to talk a little bit about that right because Matt just hit it there. Le'Veon Bell got hurt on Le'Veon Bell usage. Yeah. So James Conner got hurt on Le'Veon Bell usage, or should we say Mike Tomlin? Right. Okay. I like that better. So Mike Tomlin usage hurt Le'Veon Bell. It hurt James Conner, and so now we're getting to a point where they found something in Jalen Samuels, and maybe yes, they will not do what what uh, Mike Tomlin has always done, but and 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 just give him you know 80 percent of this market share but I just don't think that it's going to be this wild transition to 50, 50 next no. year. Mm-hmm. And I think that James Connor is going to get a little bit disrespected because of a lot of this news. And this dude is going to be, I think this is what this is all about. Jalen Samuels coming on in this offense is to protect a guy like James Connor makes the Steelers oh, like more versatile, mm-hmm. uh, as a football team. And they saw it. I think, you know, when they were in the thick of that playoff hunt in week 14 is when, you know, James Conner went down. And so basically, you know, they lose that division to the Baltimore Ravens and they go, what happened to us? Well, we ran our back in round and really, you know, effed up our offense. Mm -hmm. So I think that there's a case to be made that the Steelers are trying to protect themselves and by working in more backs here. Also,
2: could it be the fact that, they're going, they plan on running the ball more. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger threw the ball 600 times, and maybe they're like, okay, we don't have Antonio Brown anymore. I, yes, we have Juju, but what if they take, what if they? I, I
1: don't, I, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily think it's really going to change.
0: Yeah, that's my point.
1: I, they, I, I think, when sorry they, to cut you off, yeah. but like you, you brought up a point earlier talking about the, uh, when you're doing your mock uh, with Dante Moncrief come in. And I think that was a incredibly solid pickup by the Steelers. Yeah. In order to kind of balance out that passing attack where Moncrief is, is, you know, I wouldn't say he's pedestrian. He's, he's a good wide receiver. He, and he's proven it in the league. And, um, you know, he he's been able to score and
0: people are sleeping on Moncrief right, because right. he had Blake Bortles last year.
2: But here's right. the thing. I know that we talk about, uh, you know, Moncrief being this touchdown machine. But my is he not really touchdown machine? He's he's had 21 touchdowns in his entire career and he's played mm-hmm. for five years. That's
0: not a good average. Uh, OK, well, hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on a second. OK, how many of those years did he have Andrew? He had I think only a, two.
2: Two. And, I and th- what was yeah. his highest touchdown total that year? Right. But keep in Six. mind,
1: keep in mind he was with he was with the D-Y-L. abysmal Jaguars last yes, year. He was
0: with the Jaguars. He was also with Andrew Luck when Andrew Luck wasn't there. So meaning he was with Jacoby Brissett. Liz- yeah. And, and I mean, meaning he was with right. Matt
1: Hasselbeck. Right. Like
0: over this, right, but he, like over this man, season, you're right. Like the numbers
1: don't reflect it. But as far as the seasons that he's been able to produce, he's definitely been startable. Yes, And um, I think, like, you know, I'm not necessarily saying that he's going to be startable on the Steelers by any means. Right. Obviously, Juju is going to be filling that role of the the wide receiver that you want from the Steelers.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: OK. Um, what I'm saying is, is that um, they got another guy to start alongside Juju, like Juju started alongside Antonio. Obviously, the caliber of players a little bit different, but it's still going to be able to allow them to run their offense the way that they normally like to run their off. Yeah. Because they, they got, they got a player to where, I mean, if you remember Hayward Bay, Hayward Bay used to f- fulfill that same type of role right next to, and uh, even the uh, brief Martavius. stint of
0: Martavius Bryant and who Martavius was, who Bryant. Was, like they are good at, at, at evaluating talent at right. the wide receiver position, whether it's drafting, whether it's right. building up, whether it's acquiring. And I just, I trust in Pittsburgh to do that. Um, But not to make this the Pittsburgh Steelers show. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Anyway, to wrap it up, James Conner, worthy of drafting in the first round. I wouldn't take him if he ends up slipping because of training camp battles. uh, Definitely take him in the late second, third round. Um, Totally worth it. Samuels rosterable i would definitely draft him later on as a handcuff even not as a handcuff yeah you could see him kind of
0: emerging even if i didn't uh
1: connor i'm still interested in samuels as uh, a late round flyer Mm -hmm.
0: all right so i want to move on to this next piece of news talking keeping it running back and and in that second to third round range leonard fournette he's an interesting case here a guy that has tremendous upside right tremendous upside he just has not been able to you know knock off either the off the field or on the field crap I should say um off the field on the field stuff uh Leonard Fournette here with the foot injuries as well he's a he's very enticing this year because of his value going late in the second early third yeah and so you know the Jaguars are coming out here Leonard Fournette expects to be a big part of the Jaguars passing game. Johnny, this is something we talk about quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, Leonard Fournette is a guy that can catch the football, surprisingly, uh, to some people.
2: Yeah, but not only that, but Nick Foles came out and said, Right. And that's what I I was going to get to here. Yeah. To my my running backs.
0: Right. And so I just think that do we need to start evaluating Leonard Fournette as a guy you try and build your team around getting him in that second and third round?
1: Ooh. All right. Um, All right I, I, like, I, trust me. I like. I I am very high on Leonard Hornet this year. I, I definitely think that he is due for a bounce back. Not to say that, like, you know, he hasn't been able to produce. Right. But, um, I I definitely think he is due for a bounce back. I think is TJ Elden still with the team? No.
0: No. TJ Elden's so. Did I mean, Yeldon go right, to Buffalo?
1: Right. Yeah yeah i think so. so yeah i mean i think that that definitely boosts his value this year especially like they're saying and as far as the passing up, game. Yeah. um but, like, but alfred have...
0: blues in Jacksonville.
1: oh, oh. They, they got alfred uh. blue?
0: <laughs> yeah they did but uh, yeah, I, I don't, <laughs> don't... <that> much, <laughs> he so, yeah. was so he
2: excited
1: was about it too. alfred, blue. alfred I, <laughs> blue um no i mean i, I, I like blue? this a lot like right right i like this a lot i think like where he's being drafted right now is is exactly where he should be drafted you know Round,
0: but okay. So let me let me spit hmm. out a couple of these guys yeah. here. Let's do a little ADP. See, uh, I mean, you do the sure. ADP. while you're
1: doing the ADP,
2: track I want. I tend to disagree with Matt, and that what I I do think that you can. Let's let's not remember build your team Leonard, around Leonard yes. Not build your. I think if you if you decide to go wide receiver, wide
0: receiver in your first two rounds. Well, here here's here's what I'll say about Fournette. Because he's the back of the second. So, Johnny, it would be hard for you to go wide receiver in that first round if you're getting Fournette at 210 right now in standard leagues because you would have had to have passed on one of the mega bosses in the top five. So you're not sure. I see see what you're saying. So, So you're taking running back here. What I'm saying is if you're running back heavy, let's just talk about these running backs that are here. We've got Damian Williams at 207, Leonard Fournette at 210, and Marlon Mack at 212, with Derrick Henry and Devonta Freeman there. So that's like these are very enticing guys. That's why they're landing right here. I kind of feel, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is actually a little bit on the other side of round two, where round two was last year. If you look at round two last year, Mm -hmm. Jordan Howard, Dalvin Cook were at the end of round one, beginning of round two. Okay, and now you're getting guys like that who had the upside of those two Mm -hmm. in the back of the second this year. And obviously things are going to change. We're in June right now, but I kind of like where all these guys are at. I feel like your value to get something like Damian Williams to the mid end of second
1: round. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Like I love the Kansas city backfield. I know I'm transitioning from, you know, we're talking about Damian Williams. Uh, I love the Kansas city backfield. I don't love Damian Williams.
2: I don't. I don't. I can't give. On. I am. hundred percent behind
1: him. You. I mean, and that's perfectly fine. Like it is. A, it is a system. Here's yeah. Here's it what I'll say. You. I'm
0: percent behind Andy.
1: In yeah, running back for Andy Reid. Right. Yeah. Um.
2: And that's what it comes thing, down to.
0: Right. And I'm really a hundred percent behind what Damian Williams was able to say. accomplish in the back end of last year, and not just the last part of the regular season into the playoffs. I'm
1: gonna yeah. I'm gonna be very transparent with with how I believe you should draft a Kansas City running back. Okay. Very transparent. Coming
0: from a guy who has drafted multiple Kansas City running oh, backs. I, yeah. pick,
1: I picked second round before anybody even season. like yeah before anybody yeah. even like built up that train. And the reason why I picked Kareem Hunt in the second round is because I watched the preseason I watched how Andy Reid was going to be deploying the offense after Spencer Ware went down. And until I actually see that, until I actually see how that backfield shakes out during the preseason, because Andy Reid's very transparent in regards to how the offense is going to be run in training camp. Well, I'm glad Matt brought this up. So keep an eye on Damian Williams in regards to how they run the off training camp because if Carlos Hyde starts seeing a more bulk of a carries or if even some some wild card starts Well they've starts drafted
0: getting, the Dexter Williams I yeah, think his and name some is wild so card he
1: starts seeing like a, a bulk of carries this might be a backfield that hasn't actually had a lead guy determined. Yeah. So Damian Williams if he is the guy totally worth the the pick and where he's being drafted if he's not the guy you might have just you know you might have just swallowed uh a, a, you know a, a rotten egg
0: <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants to do that but nobody i will say that. that what the chiefs have done is come out given damian williams a lot of the football in their home run stretch last True. year in the playoffs they trusted him there and he performed well right. and eric Bienemy the offensive coordinator has already come out this offseason screaming at the media basically saying he's our starter we expect him to excel now Matt's point is correct and I'm glad he brought it up because you need to be watching the preseason Matt actually writes an article that's great about why you should watch the preseason what you should be watching for
1: every team's different keep in mind like, yes the, the, and you the,
0: want to know the coaches right you want to know the schemes different. and what they're going to be doing but my point here is to say it's Damian Williams job to lose right right it yeah. is his job to lose and yes he is not always been a starting running back right he was always a journeyman backup but for me i i I feel i have a lot of confidence seeing what i saw out of him well for him to lose in this offense and
2: getting back to our main topic here travis i i think yeah i think the way that it's actually mapped out right now in adp is essentially how I'd rank them too, right? So I would have Damian Williams uh, ahead of Leonard Fournette. And then I would take Leonard Fournette before Marlon Mack. And I would take Marlon Mack before uh, Freeman. I think that that, the way that, now where it comes into question for me, Mm. and I want to ask you guys the same question, is Jones. Jones is going right around there as well for the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Jones? Aaron Jones. Oh, oh, yeah. And so he's in that cluster. So what's your confidence level on Jones compared to to uh um to a Leonard Fournette? I mean, uh, this is another thing Martin that Mack? like
1: right. This is another thing that you know Travis brought up earlier. It's right now Green Bay is going through a transition. And it's it's very difficult to necessarily say that uh, where Jones is ADP is is going to be worth the you know worth the squeeze, the juice is going to be worth the squeeze.
0: I'm just saying I'm looking here and I look at P and his upside's great. Don't yeah. get me wrong, like this guy has has the electric style of running, you know. And two years ago, only Alvin Kamara had more run plays for more than 20 yards than Aaron Jones, who didn't even play the complete season. So that's two years ago, and then coming into last year, we saw him average plus five yards of carry, you know, five yards or more carry. He was fantastic. They just Mike McCarthy just would not give him the ball. So we know what's there for Aaron Jones. But I will say this, man. We see these coaches want to implement systems over players, Mm -hmm. right? Systems over talent, so to speak. They want to put talent in the right position, so to speak. And so for me, I have trepidation. I, I want to see what. You know, uh, Matt LaFleur wants to do with his offense a lot of preseason. I'll be watching a lot of that offense in the preseason. I
1: like Matt LaFleur, to be honest with you. And, like, it's very conducive to running back success. Obviously, um, you know, my enthusiasm with Derrick Henry last year was uh, rooted from them getting LaFleur from, um, obviously, the Rams. And I definitely think that uh, they can be successful it's another thing to keep in mind, like you this is another one of those things where you, I want to see how the preseason shakes out before I actually make a finally final decision on on a player like Aaron Jones. I would I be okay with taking him in the third round? Possibly. Right. Uh would I be more comfortable taking him somewhere in the fourth round? When I Absolutely. just look at those
0: guys ahead of them, Devonta Freeman, Derek Henry, Marlon Mack, Leonard, Burnett, I am comfortable taking all right. those guys ahead of Aaron Jones. Because of established, because of established roles. Like when he got his role, finally at the back half, half of last year, he got hurt. Right. And that was the second year in a row getting dinged up because Jamal Williams, the year before got, you know, when Aaron Jones got dinged up, Jamal Williams got a ton of volume and, and looked good with volume. Didn't look great as a running back. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about our last guy here. I want to talk about is Mark Mack. Um, we saw here in the news, that beat writers out of Indy said that that Frank Reich wants Marlon Mack to carry the load for them, and so we need to start asking because this is another team with a stable of running backs in Naheem Hines, yeah. in Jordan Wilkins, and now they brought in Spencer Ware. i um, not saying Spencer Ware has a ton left in the tank, but there are guys behind Mack, and Mack has not been the model of health no. in his career, so is the upside just too worth it for Mack that you have to kind of take that stab? Because he's a running back in that indie <sighs> offense?
1: I mean, I, I, I believe you have to. Right? I believe you have to. And, and and there's gonna be somebody that is going to obviously bite at that bait. Um, I like Marlon Mack. I think he's a great player. I think he's a uh you know, he is capable of doing it, and we've seen that he's capable of doing it.
0: I mean that stretch last year.
1: Right. Like
0: I mean the, the volume, the 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 way they used him in the passing game, even though they had Nahe.
1: Right, right. Obviously, Josh Ferguson, or excuse me, uh, Jordan Wilkins. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, where do offer that early down skill set. But at the end of the day, like, I don't think Andrew Luck wants to have a revolving door of players. I think Andrew Luck wants to be able to, to build chemistry uh, with He wants to know when players. he turns to a right. like-
0: going to be right, there,
1: right right so if marlon mack can prove to be a little bit more consistently healthy definitely think he's worth the value there um obviously there is going to be um you know somebody spelling him every once in a while but i I'm, i don't see frank reich being the guy that's just going to say that they want him to be the guy and then all of a sudden uh you know, they throw a smoke bomb, and the next thing you know, is it's some some guy that you didn't even have roster, right? Or nobody had roster.
2: You know, Johnny crazy. what's your take on Mac? Here's here's what's kind of crazy. Uh, I was on Twitter the other day, and I was getting into a discussion uh, on one of our fans about Marlon Mack, and mm. you, I think you guys touched on it big time, and, or a little earlier, and it was it was the volume, and. What I found was if Marlon Mack touched the ball at least 19 times, uh, he did that, I believe, four times. And in all four of those games, he had over 100 yards rushing. And it wasn't just over 100. It was over 119 yards rushing when he touched the ball over 19 times. When he touched the ball less than 19 times, he was reliant on, on touchdowns in order to make his fantasy value for that day. But the crazy thing was was that when he didn't touch the ball fourteen times, or sorry, um, less than nineteen, those games he scored at least one or two touchdowns. So it's like you're you're getting now that, that you're getting those points somehow, either through touchdowns yeah. or through the volume. And with this offense and with this mm-hmm. offensive line, I think that this defense is also getting better. I think that they could start running the ball more. And I do think that we can believe what Reich is saying because he, let's face it, last year, the the Colts organization came out and said, I think Marlon Mack can run for, I think they said, 1,500 yards or something like that. It was insane. And we literally all laughed as a fantasy community. We're like, uh, very funny. Have you seen Marlon Mack play? And then guess what? Like they came out and they gave him, they gave him the rock and when when they did that, he showed that he can be really explosive. Uh there are pieces there. Naheem Hines is is a very good player. I've been high on him uh since last year uh, in preseason. I like what he can do. But let's be honest, he's not a between the tackles guy. Okay. Uh right. Jordan Wilk uh Jordan Wilkins is more of a he's he's a backup. He's let's like a change honest. of yeah, pace. He's guy. a change of pace. And so I think that Marlon Mack, barring injury, Yes, he will be a very, very solid running back. And like we always say, it's it's very hard gonna, to judge a guy based on honest, injury. Though. Sorry?
1: Uh, sorry sorry to cut you off. I'm going to be honest, though. I believe that if you were to take Marlon Mack and put him in a different situation where he didn't have such a nice line and such a talented oh, sure. back, sure. that – he wouldn't be able to produce at the level. Right. I, a, I, you know, uh, no, I,
0: I agree.
2: I agree with that wholeheartedly. Uh,
1: um. So, but he's so, not,
2: he's going to be on this team. So that's why
0: right, it, we, right, we don't right, really have right, to worry right. about that too much,
1: but I'm just talking, I'm just talking from just overall perspective. Yeah. I, I think mean, we're, like, we're like, talking his talent. System.
0: Yeah. But that, that's a great example of how when a situation meets good enough talent, right. You know, exactly. Just good enough talent. It's good. And that's where I think the same stance to go back right. to Damian Williams. True. We don't love great. Damian Williams talent. But we love that system. We love that he's yeah. playing for Andy Reid, and we love that Andy Reid. F-
2: and let's face it, he's the best he running back. Patrick Mahomes. Let's face it, he's the best running back in like, that, as
0: far that as deal. like yeah. a, a top tier. Like,
1: well, I mean, if McNabb
0: you, had, that's McNabb. a whole different conversation. Yeah, right. I
1: mean, like, I think he decided to kind of change up his offense the, these past few years because now he's away from Dink and Dunk, uh, Alex Smith, and even Alex <laughs> Smith at the uh the tail end of his his right was trying to go deep to prove he's like Mahomes is here that's the ultimate I like that take yeah I like that take that's what what that's what what I feel like it was it's like you oh yeah well not as deep as not as deep as not as deep as Uncle Rico
0: (laughs) shit uh all right Whisper Nation we appreciate you jumping off jumping on here with us If you guys want to hear more takes on any of these guys we talked about or anybody else you'd like to hear us talk about, please hit us in the comments below. If you're listening to us on Spotify or the podcast apps across the uh, app or Google devices, uh, go ahead and leave us a review there. Let us know how we did. We appreciate it big time. And of course, if you want any other content, hit us on the fantasywhispers.com. Matt, we had so much fun today. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, We loved your article there, uh, the top 2019 fantasy rookies. We know you got some more stuff in the works, so we appreciate that. If you want to follow Matt, check him out at, at MPFantasySports, also at Mateo underscore Rex on Instagram. That's Johnny Game Time Hicks. This is Mateo himself, and I'm Big Travi. We're out. Peace.
2: Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whisperers Podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud,
1: and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whisperers.